This podcast is brought to you in association with From Sweden with Love, one of the oldest fan sites dedicated to the world of 007. Online since 2004 and also on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Why not check them out today? James Bond 007.se Nobody does it better. <laughs> or as they say in Stockholm these days, Ingen gör det bättre. Hello, I'm John Orty. I'm a stunt historian, author, broadcaster and producer, and the man behind Behind the Stunts on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Welcome to this episode and a series of podcasts dedicated the action stunts in the James Bond movies. My new book, Ever Heard of Evil Knievel, is the definitive guide to everything action-packed in the film series. It looks at the stunts, the performers, the coordinators and the stories behind these incredible moments captured on film. You'll hear clips from some of the interviews that have been undertaken over the years, where applicable, and sound clips from the movies themselves. The book, podcast and YouTube series are also to be used as educational tools to learn from and to wander at. This week, we look at the 1967 James Bond film, Casino Royale. Yes, Casino Royale. If we're to have a definitive guide to the stunts of Bond, we must look at each movie regardless of who makes them. And in this case, this is very much a game of two halves. At one end, we had the endless directorial problems, the falling out between stars and the chaotic manner the film was brought to the screen. And at the other end, you had Richard Talmadge, a stunt legend from the 20s and 30s and a leading man in many full-length features. Born in Germany in 1892, Talmadge arrived in Hollywood in 1910, where he began his career as a stuntman for Douglas Fairbanks, before becoming an actor himself. In order to understand the importance of Talmadge, you must understand that without him, Bob Simmons probably wouldn't be in the history books today. Talmadge was pivotal in the transition from stunt performer to coordinator to second unit director. Throughout the 50s, he'd worked exclusively with director Henry Hathaway as stunt coordinator on all four of his projects. He directed his own action-adventure, The Phantom Horseman, in 1950, which was called Border Outlaws in the rest of the world, and was given the rather lavish title of Stager of Fights on the 1957 David Niven Ginger Rogers movie, O Men, O Women. This was the first time he'd met Nevin and he was very impressed with what he saw. Talmadge never really got rid of his German accent, so with the advent of the talkies, he started working behind the cameras as assistant director, stunt coordinator and director. He later took second unit directing work on What's New Pussycat, The Greatest Story Ever Told and How the West Was Won. These movies gave him enough gravitas to be approached for Casino Royale. Alongside British stunt coordinator Terry York, Talmadge created just enough organised chaos in the final action set piece 
inside the casino. This was to be his baby. A large set piece with background and foreground action going on simultaneously and shot at Shepperton Studios. The shots had to be worked out quickly and shot on the same day as many of the stuntmen on the filming were also shooting nights on the Dirty Dozen which was being filmed across town at MGM Studios at Boreham Wood. The car chase sequence was pretty high-tech back in 67. Lots of back projection, but a great deal of real footage of the white E-type Jag being driven by actress Nirelle Dark and the Bentley being driven by David Niven as Sir James Bond. Filming took place in and around Perth, Scotland, and Binfield and Bracknell in Berkshire. Now, back in 67, the UK had a handful of stunt women, and only one of those was able to drive a car to the requirements needed in this sequence. But very obviously, she was busy elsewhere. So in comes Frank Henson, not only a very fine stuntman in the early part of his career, but also a tried and tested racing driver who spent a season or two driving and owning E-Type Jags. Stuntman Peter Braham gave his name to Terry York and Frank was brought in, wearing the elegant white Pierre Cardin outfit designed for Mireille Dark and squeezing into a very tight skirt. He assumed the driving position and threw the car around wherever second unit director Talmadge and Terry York wanted him to. His proudest moment was sliding the jag into the gap right in front of the gates. A couple of rehearsals, and then straight on his mark in one take. Cue explosion. The end sequence in the casino is a mixture of high-tech, modern day and the old west. Get the girls out of here fast, back way. Right, sir. I'm sorry I got you into this. Good heavens, Daddy, I couldn't have enjoyed it more. Good show. Over there. Clear the building immediately, it's liable to blow up. Blow up? I want London, Whitehall, 0007. A fight breaks out and David Niven starts taking out his attackers one by one. Stuntman Joe Powell can be seen in many moments during the fight. And just when you think this movie couldn't get any more surreal, in come the cowboys and Indians. Stuntmen on horseback ride through the casino and are attacked by those patrons fleeing for their lives. A number of stuntmen seen here include Rocky Taylor getting out of the way of a horse and Paul Weston and Peter Braham, who are Indians dancing around a fire.
one horse stunt in particular is performed by stuntman Davy Wilding, who is hit by a chair in his chest as he rides his horse past a blackjack table. He's seen somersaulting backwards out of the saddle onto the ground. Really impressive, and if you watch the YouTube episode on Friday, we'll take you through the footage. But for now, here is the bones of how it was created. We are stuntman Rocky Taylor to talk us through how the somersault jacket worked and his memories of shooting the film. You were working, you were working Dirty Dozen as well, weren't you? I was working Dirty Dozen at night with Romo. And, uh, we, yeah, during the day we were at the Casino Royal at Shepparton. And that was with... Uh... My, father, my father got me on it because Terry York was the stunt coordinator. Remember Terry York? Right. Um, and Richard Talmadge was the uh, was the second unit director, wasn't he? Yeah. And you're in. I've seen you a couple of times in the footage. You're in the casino in the tuxedo with the horses going by. How, oh, how... Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we were we were involved in everything. I was an Indian one day. I was in a black suit with with uh, wigs on, red hair. That's right. Yeah. It was quite. A, I mean, I. We got bubble money, dirt money, smoke money then. It was quite, quite sensational. I was, went down on 25 quid a day, and I did 12 weeks at 25 wow. pounds a day. It's not going to do you any harm, is it? I went home and put all the money in the drawer. It was all piling up in the drawer. Didn't That's know fantastic. What, didn't know what had hit me. You know, it, in that was the, uh, the, the some of those extraordinary gags that they were doing in that very short space of time. Uh, do you remember uh, Davy Wilding doing that uh, flip off the back of the horse? Yes, I do. Um, and that was he was yeah. using a somersault jacket, if you remember. It was a somersault jacket that it went down and hooked on the back of the the back of the uh, saddle. Right. So when you came off, you didn't do a dead fall. It sort of released you quite gently. Hook yourself up onto the saddle, flipped yourself, and then the hook held you as you came off. Right. Which was quite good. I mean, they used to do that a lot. There was about three or four jockeys that came into the stunt business. Mm. Dave Wilding uh, was one of them, as you said. Uh, Mickey Dillon, Peter right. Tocott. They were all ex-jockeys that sort of joined this fraternity around. I'll tell you when it was, it was on Magnificent Men in the Flying Machines. That's when they came in. Right. Because that was one of my first pictures. That's right, yes, it with was. With my father. But Terry York, again, bless him, was the stunt coordinator. He was very, very good, very methodic. I mean, he should have, he should have really, he did do a bit of directing, but he could have been a great director. Like they all started moving towards that. Right. But he had a, he had a great vision. You remember the vision? Mm. And that, that helps a lot sometimes in stunts, you know. Don't forget to subscribe and check out the episodes on the Behind the Stunts YouTube channel. Until next time, bye-bye for now. Bye.